So I don't know if uh, your brain is like mine. Please, God, it's not. Um, I, I think about a lot of things and I question a lot of things, things that maybe don't make sense to me. I often think in a very linear way. And so um, today's celebration often gets me to think about a lot of questions that don't always make sense to me. So we're going to peek into my brain a little bit and maybe um, if we get out of there, it'll be a wonderful morning. Um, So ascension, right? It says Jesus ascended into heaven where he is at the right hand of the Father. For me, that that connotes a a movement, right? That's the way my brain works. Jesus ascended. We're going somewhere. It gives some direction. The right hand of the Father where he is always so I can, that makes sense to me. Heaven is somewhere. Jesus went there. He ascended. So that means it's high. It's over there. It's maybe a physical place and he's at the the right hand of God. So I can imagine God the Father and he's at the right hand of God the Father. From there, he judges the living and the dead. He has all authority and all power. I can get that. But where I start to question, I start to try to make sense of all this is our understanding of baptism, right? When you and I were baptized, when Sarah and Gregory were baptized Thursday, what I tell them is that when you were baptized, Jesus comes and he makes his home inside of you. He lives inside of you. You become a vessel in a temple of the Holy Spirit. Now God is your father. So now it's starting to get a little mysterious. Jesus is at the right hand of the father, but he's, he's in my heart. And, and then I'm going to say, well, Jesus is in, in your heart, and, and Jesus is in my heart, and Jesus is in the heart of everyone here. And then we're going to start talking about the Eucharist, and we're going to start talking about Um, the heavens are open and and the Holy Spirit comes upon the bread and the wine and changes it to be the body and blood of Jesus. So Jesus is really present, substantially, holy here. And you and I who have Jesus in him, we're going to come and we're going to receive the body and blood of Jesus and we're going to become the body and blood of Jesus as a community, as a church. It actually says it in our scripture and now, at least my brain, I'm, I'm spinning, right? I'm trying to understand all of this. Well, he, he's, he's in heaven. He's in my heart. He's in the Eucharist. It seems like he's everywhere. Where is he? Maybe you don't think about any of this stuff, but this is stuff that I think about, right? This is stuff that I, I pray about and I reflect upon, and maybe we can have a, a conversation this morning that might make sense a little bit to us. If it doesn't, well, I tried. Um, Let's talk about time, right? Maybe we've talked about this before. We're going to talk about God's time and our time. We're talking about, we use two words, fancy words, chronos and kairos. Chronos and kairos. Chronos is chronological time. It's very linear. You and I live in chronos time. Um, When God creates things, he creates things in chronological time. Let's pause there. God, before anything was created, did not exist in chronological time. There's no time in God. There's nothing. God is. God is present. Wherever God is, 
It's, it's just the, it's the moment. It's the present moment of, of God. But when God created, he, he created the beginning of something, which meant something came after that, which meant something came after that. And you and I were beautifully created in the existence of chronological time. And so we have our birthday, which marks the beginning of our life. And then we have maybe the day that we're going to die. It marks the end of our life. We're all going to have a span of time. We always are measuring. We're always looking back. What happened to me yesterday? We're always looking forward. What am I going to eat for lunch? When is this homily going to be over? What's going to... Like, we're always measuring in chronological time. People have more than me. People have less than me. People are older than me. People are younger than me. People parked in front of me. People parked behind me. Like, we're always measuring, right? But God... In God's time, there's no forward, there's no backward. All things are present to God. All things are present to God. God's the Alpha and the Omega. He can see the past. He can see the present, the the future. It's all, he's just, he's present where we often look back and forward. So this is the thing. God in Kairos, right, God is... All-knowing, all time is present to him. God chose to come down in our time, in our chronological time. God chose to, the word became flesh at a moment of time. And so God fully shared our experience. God actually grew and he was a child and he, he grew in stature and wisdom and knowledge. He was fully divine and fully human. And at some point, God, in 33 years, Jesus died. It was the end of his life. And he went into the grave. That's where all of us, that's what would be all of our fate. But God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. He breathed life into him, and he said, chronological time does not limit now the human experience. Now Jesus As he ascends to heaven, Jesus says, I am now going to share with you my life, my time. So now, now as Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, he brings our humanity to have access to God's divinity, to God's time. And so now all of heaven in God's time is opened up for us. And so he says, I will send down the Holy Spirit to fill you. I will come down and live with inside of you. So there's not only a natural limited capacity in us, our human nature, we also have a share in God's nature. You and I have an experience of this world, a very linear, chronological experience. But when you and I go to prayer, when you and I are in touch with God, when you and I are able to be present to the present moment and realize that God is with us and in us and we live and move and have our being in us, that's when we're getting in touch a little bit with God's time, with Kairos. And what we're aware of then is what we try to at least celebrate today, that Jesus right now, in this moment, is with the Father, and he's interceding for us, and he's praying for us. And what we do here in church is that we step in a little bit, just if you can imagine if we would all like 
have put our watches away and we would have no concept of time. And we would walk into this church as if we were walking into God's time. And heavens would be open and, and the angels and the saints are with us, but, but they died, right? They, they had a, some of them died 10 years ago, some of them died 100 years ago, some of them died 1,000 years ago. But in God's time, they're all present to us. So when we step into this church, we are present to God to whom everything is present. Which is beautiful. Which is big and massive and overwhelming. And if you can hear a little bit, what I often try to do is I try to understand the mysteries of God in my own understanding, in my linear way of understanding. Well, past, future. But the way that God talks and the way that Jesus teaches, Jesus teaches in his time which all things are present. And so he, he gives instructions to his church. He says, I'm going to the right hand of my Father. I'm going to heaven. If we can maybe understand heaven as not so much a physical place that's over there, that Jesus is over there. But if we can understand heaven as a place in a space that operates in God's time. Like God the Father doesn't have a right hand. God the Father doesn't even, he, he's spirit. But the right hand of God is a metaphor for the power that is shared with Jesus from the Father. The image of sitting at the right hand of a of a king means the person at the right hand has mutual access to the power of the king. Actually, before mass, um, there was a, a chair to the left of me, which is made, it's, it's specifically for the deacon, right? But I knew we were going to have a priest here today, so I moved the, the priest chair to my right. Because me and Father Clifford, we share the same power in the priesthood, we share the same power of Jesus. I know that may not seem significant to you at all, but that's the whole point of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus says, all power and authority have been given to me by my Father. All power in heaven and on earth. Jesus shares the authority and the power of his Father. And he shares it with us. He says, go and make all disciples of all nations. You will do greater things than even I have done. And Jesus is living inside of you. He's living with you. Some of you have the power to heal and you don't even know it. Some of you have the power to speak prophecy and, and words of knowledge and wisdom. And, and some of you know it, but some of you don't even know it. Some of you have the power to, to discern spirits, good spirits and bad spirits. Some of you have wisdom beyond your own natural ability to share something good and beautiful to someone else. You see, Jesus lives inside of you. He lives in his church. We are his body. We're, we're the mystical body of Christ, united and connected to him in baptism, um, enriched and strengthened through the Eucharist. But Jesus, our head, is in heaven but right, heaven has access to all of us because God is in God's time. He's in Kairos time. You and I live in a linear chronological time, but every time we pause and we get in touch with God, we are getting in touch with something so much bigger. 
So listen to this. Paul's tr- Paul knows this. Paul has this insight, and Paul is praying for us in today's second reading. I don't know if you realize this. Paul knows this is deep, and this is profound, and this is mysterious. And so this is Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the beginning. He says, brothers and sisters, it's act as if he's writing to us. May the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What's wisdom? Wisdom is understanding something beyond me. Like wisdom comes from God. A spirit of wisdom and revelation for me to know, to have something revealed to me that I don't know yet. May God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in knowledge of him. Who? Of Jesus. May the eyes of your hearts be enlightened that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of glory in his inheritance among the holy ones? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe? Paul is saying, I'm praying for you that you may come to a deeper awareness and understanding and revelation and knowledge that your eyes and your hearts may be opened for you to understand the the riches of our inheritance, our glory, that our King, our God has gone before us. He's made a way for us. He's in heaven to go and prepare a place for us. He will come back again and take us to himself. But right now he lives and moves and has his being inside of us that you may understand this, that you may be filled with awe and wonder and amazement. There's no TV show that could ever possibly evoke this awe and wonder. There's no book that we can read other than Scripture that would possibly tell us the reality of what we live in. And so hopefully this morning, maybe you are stirred a little bit, your heart is stirred a little bit to even want to know Jesus a little more, to know the power of the Holy Spirit a little more, to open up Scripture and say, oh my goodness, there is so much more here. And there is. Next weekend, we're going to celebrate Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church. The third person of the Trinity, God's power coming and manifesting himself in and through us. That we would be so united to God that he would live and move and have our being. That we would be waiting for a place to go to be with our loved ones in heaven. Just invite us to pause this morning. To think of this mystery that as you and I live moment to moment, day by day, as we often just kind of look ahead and look behind, as we often kind of get caught up in the past and in the future, if we would just pause and be aware of the present moment, God is fully present to us in this moment. And in this moment, he will take away our fears, our worries, our anxieties. He will take away the worry if, as if, we, ha- if we have enough, if we're going to have enough. He's fully here. He's fully present. Let's ask for the grace to be present to God as we celebrate the rest of this Mass. 
as the heavens are opened, as God is here, as the angels are here, as the saints are here, as our loved ones are here, all is present here with God and all is present to us. Let's just rest in that at least for the rest of Mass.